Hello and welcome to episode two of A Bear Among Bison. My name is Jared Curtis and I'm your host. Today we actually have a special guest. Um, we're going to talk about things like cultural representation and appropriation, but before we get into that, let's introduce our guest here. Uh, go ahead and tell us who you are and what you do. Hey, I'm Scott Smoker. I'm a lettering artist and designer from uh, Poplar, Montana, which is a small town on uh, the Fort Peck Indian Reservation, home to the Assiniboine and Sioux people. Um, Scott, how would you describe your art? Well, <clears throat> I'm a lettering artist, and so uh, what that is, is essentially I draw letters. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes people get, get lettering confused with uh, calligraphy or type design. Um, and those two things are similar. Like calligraphy is, is basically writing letters, where lettering is drawing letters. And right. So that's what I do. I, I, I basically I draw letters and do a little bit of design as well. Um, why would a practical interculturalist need to know about issues surrounding representation and cultural, cultural appropriation? Like why do these things matter to the average person trying to interact with a new environment? You don't want to offend anybody when you're yeah. coming into a new culture um, and oftentimes we, we've seen that happen we've all heard stories of it happening people come into a certain culture thinking that culture is a certain way and they find out that it isn't right and they may su say something that might offend someone there or just how they interact with the people might be different than how they interact with people of their culture. Right. And so it can cause confusion sometimes. That makes sense. Sometimes people can say or act a certain way and the people in that culture take it the wrong way. Yeah. Because that's how they talk to their culture. But when you come into a different culture and you speak or you do things a certain way, it might lose its effect because it's misrepresented. So that makes I think sense. That, I think that's probably the biggest issue do you consider yourself a native american artist or are you an artist who happens to be native american and does that kind of distinction matter um to you or you know somebody in uh in your field um honestly i'd say like it depends on the work that i'm creating <laughs> whether or not i'm a native american artist or just an artist who does uh, a native american artist who does art um, I feel like it, it really depends on the work. Sometimes I'm a Native American artist. Other times I'm just a Native American who does art. It really depends on the work because sometimes the things that I'm working on don't really have Native themes to it. Sure. But it's still coming from a Native person. Right. And so it really depends on what I'm creating that determines that distinction. So it's more more indicative of style as opposed to perspective. So like you'll always have the perspective of a native American because yep. you're native American, Exactly. but you feel the style is what makes it distinctly native American art. Yeah. That and sense. I think most people that see my work wouldn't label me as a native American artist. Sure. Per sure. Se. Like they would see my work and they might not even know that I'm native. Right. That, that rolls well into my next question, which is, say somebody like me, you know, an average majority culture American, uh, did art that was indicative in, in the style of a Native American. Could I ever be considered a Native artist by the, the style that I do? 
Uh, I would say no, just because when you, when you hear the term native artist, your mind, and I think most people, their mind automatically thinks, oh, that's a native person who does sure. art. Um, although there probably are non-natives who do, where their art is about native people. Yeah. But I don't, I still don't think I would consider them Native American artists. Right. I would consider them artists that represent native life, maybe. Sure. I don't know. But I wouldn't consider them a native artist. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I would totally agree. Um, so, yeah, perspective and style matter. And it's not really one or either. It's both. You know, you have to have the perspective of a Native American to be a Native American artist. But also the style is very particular. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. How would you describe diversity and representation uh, in video games, movies, and pop culture? Like, has it been done well? Has it been done at all? Uh, what would your take on that be? I think there have been attempts to do it. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily say that it's been done well. And I think that's because we as Native people, we make up such a small percentage of, of the people in this country that we don't always have people that are in these certain industries. Hollywood, for instance. There <laughs> aren't many native producers there aren't many native actors um and so i feel like when when they do try and represent us it's not coming from us yeah it's coming from a non-native person trying to portray a native person or mm -hmm. what native life is like and so i feel like the representation hasn't been accurate and I feel like it would only truly really be accurate if it was coming from us. That makes sense. And we just need more Native people to get into these types of, of industries, in the arts in particular. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why I feel like we don't is because growing up on the res, we don't, in, in popular culture, we don't have certain people that we can look to and be like, I want to be like that person. You know, we don't have these A-list celebrities or right. these professional athletes or um, whatever. We don't have them to look to and be like, I want to be like that person. Um, and I feel like once we do, once that ball, I guess, sort of starts to get rolling, then, you know, if we have that one person we can look to and be like, I want to be like that person, then more Native kids will grow up wanting to be like that which will inspire, you know, the next generation of kids. And soon enough, we'll have people in those fields that can accurately portray us as Indian people. Yeah. This is, uh, I, I try not to get too political on this, um, but I think this is a good point to go off of what you were talking about. Um, I think one of the things that benefits people in majority culture that they don't really understand, um, and this ties into things like white privilege, which I do believe exists, um, mm -hmm. But, like, you made a good point where, you know, if I were to open up a storybook, if I were to turn on a movie with a superhero, uh, if I were to play a video game, most of those heroes, and we call them heroes, yeah. are guys who look like me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then even in history books, it's it's my story of where I came from that's being told, not your story. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I guess what I'm what I'm getting at here is, is that what you see that a big part of the issue is that, 
you know, it is majority culture stories. You don't really see Native yep. American heroes, or if they are, it's really stereotyped and nuanced. It's not done well. Yeah, and I feel like I've, I've heard stories, especially from, you know, the older generation of when they grew up and they were playing cowboys and Indians, even the Indians wanted to be the cowboys. Yeah. Because the Indians were always portrayed as the bad guys. Right. And the cowboy was the hero. Yeah. And so it was just those little subtle things that, you know, you grow up and native culture hasn't been portrayed in, in a positive light. Right. And I guess that's something that I want to try and do with my work. Um, I haven't figured it out yet, but I just want to find ways in which I can uplift the culture or make it look, you know, talk about the good things of our culture. And that, I think, can inspire other people to do the same. That's why, like, Black Panther that came out recently, you know, people are, the African-American community, they can... Rally behind something that. now. Yeah. They, they have a comic book character that looks like them. Yeah. Whereas growing up as a minority, we never have any superheroes that look like us or right. you know are like us. And you can see just by the reaction now that you know how many people are inspired by it. Right, it's a positive thing. Yep. Huh. So on that note, if somebody wanted to look for accurate representation of Native Americans in pop culture and media, you know, because it is hard to find, like we said. Uh, are there places where that does exist, and how would somebody find that? Yeah, like, it is hard to find. Even for Natives, it's yeah. hard for us to find those um, accurate representations of us. Uh, and there have been a few here and there that have kind of made its way to the mainstream mm-hmm. culture. Uh, Sherman Alexia is an author and a poet who I think does a, a good job of uh, describing Native culture through his his short stories and uh, the movie Smoke Signals that he right. was a part of was based off of his short stories. I think does an accurate job of portraying what Native culture is like. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far there are they're few and far between. The, the accurate representations and I think that that's one of them and if there are any others they're escaping my mind right now yeah that makes sense um what are your thoughts on cultural appropriation and does that affect your work um I wouldn't say it necessarily affects my work you know coming uh, being a designer and being involved in the design community I do see a lot of uh, what we would call appropriation. Sure. You know, people taking parts of our culture and using it in ways that our culture wouldn't use it. Um, You know, you go on any design website and there's designers that, you know, will take a skull and put a headdress on it or do their own headdress or teepees whatever and the people that are creating it aren't native they didn't grow up around natives or in native culture and i don't think they're doing a good job of representing that it's almost become kind of like a hipster thing yeah to do i would say take 
native art and use it in certain ways. It's kind of hipsterish now uh, to do that. <laughs> and I, I see people do it all the time, right. and I'm not really, <laughs> I'm not really one to call them out on it. Sure. Um, nah, I guess that's just not who I am. But I see it, and I kind of shake my head at it a little bit. And I guess that's part of the reason why. I, I would say a lot of my work, I guess people might not consider it native sure. enough because I don't do those things. And I hold my culture in such high regard that when I do create art based off of it, I want it to be really good. And right. I want it to reflect you know, who we are as a people. And so like, I, I consider it a, a high calling. Yeah. If I ever do you know, make strictly native art, I want to do it the absolute best that I can. And, yeah. you know, it's something that I would be proud of and other people would be proud of as well. I think it's interesting because you touched on, like, like hipster and millennial culture. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very much, I don't know, this, this might be just because of my time on the reservation or spending time in minority communities, but it rings, uh, it rings so hollow to me because I see things like, like, and it's heavy, heavily with cultural appropriation. When you see people post like getting together with my tribe and it's like a group of girls out clubbing or whatever, or, you know, people, uh, you know, try to do these designs and it's like, you know, headdresses and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, they, they tag on like vintage to whatever. And it's like, without the authenticity and the respect that those are not good times for, you know, the vast majority of you know americans at the time people say how they want to be pioneers and renegades and all this and pioneers were bad people and they did horrible mm -hmm. things yeah um and so it's interesting that you touched on like hipster culture and, and millennial yeah and i feel that. like the how they portray it or the representation of it I, I feel like hasn't been done very well right and almost to where like these things have kind of become cliche. Yeah, very much so. Um, and so when I try and make art, I try and stay away from things that are cliche. Yeah. Um, the things that are, because they're easy, you know, they're easy to do. Uh, and people have done them before so much that non-natives even start doing it. And I want to, I want to make stuff that represents our culture well. Yeah. And, and that isn't, you know, cookie cutter. Yeah. Because Native Americans are more than, you know, Feathers and headdresses exactly. and teepees. Exactly. And, yeah. Why is it, do you think, that Native Americans, when they're represented, are, are people of the past? Or, you know, if, if they are in pop culture at all, it's heavily stereotyped. Like, you won't see a Native American in a movie that's not super, super traditional or, you know, to the point where... They're stoic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, like, you know, they don't know how to use technology and, you know... Yeah. Uh, why that is, I don't know. I feel like maybe because it's easier to not acknowledge that we are a contemporary people, right. that we still exist, and maybe by acknowledging that we still exist, that it's a reminder of of how our people were treated in the past. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure why. I mean... And that, that's something that I hope changes, that we see more contemporary, uh, an accurate representation of contemporary Native culture. Right, more than just the two-dimensional. Yeah, exactly. Like, we, 
like we do the same things as everybody else does. We watch the same TV shows. We watch the same sports. You yeah. know, we watch the presidential debates. Like we're like a contemporary people, <laughs> yeah. but we're all we're often represented as being in the past, right? Or you know, why that is, I'm not sure. Right. It's almost as if, um, and a friend of mine came to visit, and I won't say his or her name, but they came to visit, and it's almost like they were expecting a wall. You know, at the edge, boundary edge of the reservation, yeah. like beyond that wall, everything would look different. Uh-huh. Um, and they made the comment of like, "Oh, you know, this looks like any other town." You know, exactly, <laughs> because it is like any other right. town. You know, and we're represented so little, or there's just such a lack of knowledge yeah. of Indian people throughout the country that those those types of questions do come up. Like, yeah, you know, like what is the reservation like can i go there do you guys still live in teepees do we still live in teepees like it's just you know ignorance right and i so i guess to really truly represent our culture well it's really on us as indian people to do that you know we got to find ways to do it ourselves because we can't expect anybody else to do it you know let alone do it well yeah so it's really on us yeah, and I think there is, um, I mentioned it in an article I wrote on the Facebook page, but there's a responsibility from game designers, from you know people in pop culture, directors of movies, etc., that if they are to represent a community like this, that you have to get that input. Because, you know, me as an outsider, I had this whole picture of what reservation life would look like, mm-hmm. and it's not at all what I thought it was. Yeah. You know, and I think without... A perspective like yours or somebody from this community uh, I would have missed the mark yeah by and, far. and there's been like a lot of talk lately about diversity yeah and I don't know if I really want diversity just for the sake of diversity you know I would rather have no representation than to have an inaccurate one right so representation needs to be authentic yeah first and exactly sure um on that note uh, kind of a, a push button topic here. Cleveland Indians just changed the. <laughs> they just retired Chief Wahoo and are yeah. going with a stylized C for their mascot. Um, how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. And what's kind of the if you were to take a temperature on the reservation and see how people felt about that? What would you say your personal opinion and maybe the opinion of the people around you? Well, my personal opinion is I I think it was a good idea. Yeah. Um, but I, w- I will say this, like, on the list of things that keep me up at night, you know, the Cleveland Indians logo, them having that logo doesn't keep me up at night. Right. You know, I have other things that that I worry about more. Yeah. But at the same time, I do think it was the right decision sure. to not have that because it was, it was, like, cartoony, like, just goofy looking. Dumb, yeah. Um, and I guess it ties back to the whole idea of Indian mascots in general. Right. And I always go back to the, you know, if you look at most mascots, they're either animals or mythical people or types of people that don't exist anymore, like Vikings or, um, Spartans. Yeah. You know, and we kind of get lumped in with those those types of people that don't exist anymore or we get thrown in with animals. Right. And so it, it makes it easy. And maybe that goes back to the other question that you had that why are we always portrayed in the past? 
maybe it's because we get lumped in with Trojans and right. Vikings or whatever. Right. I, I think the the bigger issue is the issue of, of Indian mascots in, in general. Like we just get kinda lumped in with animals right. and right. and other things and so I feel like there there are there aren't any other people groups that are used sure. as mascots. You wouldn't see like Hispanics on that list. Or... No, uh uh-uh. no, no, not at all. The New York African Americans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it was it, it was a good idea for them to, to change it, especially with that logo. Right. Just because it looks so It's very stereotyped. Yeah, it's and very stereotyped and like but at the same time I don't have a problem if Indian people want to use that like yeah are are in my hometown we're the popular Indians right and I have no problem whatsoever with us using it right because we are Indians right and, and you can portray yourself yep, as well we because you know who we are exactly and so that I guess that's where I stand on that issue sure so the general feel you would say is like yes this is a good thing that it's changed it's it's a very necessary change but like there are bigger fish to fry out there and yeah, this is just a good step in the yeah, right direction. I would say so. I, I would say even some people on the reservation they didn't even mind it to begin with. Sure. Um, and that's and that's okay. Right. You know, this is just my perspective on it. I don't speak for all native people. Right. Uh, just just my opinion. Yeah. And some people it didn't bother them, and that's cool too. Right. It's and that, you bring up a good point. Is like um, everything Scott says is it's your unique perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and one of the one of the things I always like to come back to is when you read Native American poetry, which I've been doing a lot lately. Uh, one of the things that they talk about is identity and what it means to be Native American. Yeah. And from what I understand, the most uh, commonly used expression is that being Native American means whatever it means to that individual. And that me as an outsider, I can never say this is what a Native American is because that's so full of stereotypes and, and, you know, cliches, but you are indicative of your culture and that you're part of it. Yeah. And, you know, you don't speak on behalf of your whole culture, but you understand better than I ever could. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just from my perspective, how I view uh, these issues. Sure. Uh, On that note, then, at what point could somebody from outside your culture you know somebody who's not native american didn't grow up on the reservation at what point would you say that it's appropriate or respectful or if at all um to write as part of this community so for example if i came in here um and i've been here for three years two and a half three years now and i wrote this is what natives are like this is what the reservation is like um is that appropriate should that be appropriate and is there a point at which you know that transitions i think i think the the best thing that if someone was in your situation like that mm-hmm. would not be not to say this is what the reservation is like or this is what native culture is like because i wouldn't even do that right because we all have different opinions on what you know what culture is right and so i wouldn't even do that being a native person saying hey this is this is what native culture this is the reservation this is the reservation because you might get different answers you know i might give you a different answer from another person another native person right and so i think the best thing for someone in your position to do would just to be like this is my perspective right as an outsider of what my experiences were like on the reservation yeah you know 
not like a, a, a clear cut, like this is how it is, but more of like, here's my perspective. Here's my perspective. Here's how I saw it. Yeah. You know, I think that would be the best thing to do. I would absolutely agree. Um, last question for you. Any advice, it doesn't have to be specific to uh, reservation life, but any advice to somebody transitioning or interacting with a new culture? Um, we talked briefly before this about uh, a time when you kind of stepped outside of your comfort zone from your community to somewhere new. What would you give, what kind of advice would you give to somebody in that position? Yeah, you know, being, you know, growing up on the reservation, we've had people come in that were outsiders and just seeing how they interacted with us, like some of the uh, miscommunication maybe. Yeah. Uh, just the different, like I noticed the difference in culture when they come, how they maybe talk to us or, or whatever. And so in my mind, I always think, man, if I went to another culture, if I went to, you know, out of the country, I went to some other culture, like I feel like I would know to listen yeah be more passive yep yep just to just to listen uh you know um just sit back and observe for a while mm -hmm. because you're not going to have it all figured out in in a week's stay at wherever you're going yeah and so i think the best thing to do would would just be to sit back and observe um listen ask questions um you know you can never go wrong with just listening Mm -hmm. you know or being humble about it and i think that would be the best piece of advice that i could give someone just to sit back and observe and that might take a while yeah we talked a little bit too about culture shock and um that feeling where you're in a very unfamiliar environment and it's uncomfortable and you know you're sitting there like what do i do now uh if if somebody was in that position what would you say to them how would you encourage them would you say you know uh we talked a little bit about finding familiarity and mm -hmm. stuff like that what would you what would your advice be to oh, you know scott sitting there in a new place a little scared um i feel like i have been in that place right so i know what it feels like and i guess we're we're lucky now because we have technology yeah so we can get on facetime or something and talk with people home. And our family yeah um and i when i moved off of the reservation it was lonely yeah and a lot of people, and, I, and I've talked to, um, when I lived off of the reservation, I went to college off of the reservation, and there was a group that got together once a week that was mostly natives, mm -hmm. and we just got together and ate a meal together, and we all talked about, you know, and, and all the stories were the same. They left the reservation they were lonely yeah and they almost couldn't handle it yeah just because of the unfamiliarity of it all yeah that makes sense and what one person talked about how when they left the reservation pretty soon another one of their families came family members came to live with them and then another one did and pretty soon the whole family was in that awesome. place together yeah and the, that's pretty true of, of a lot of native people is we tend to follow each other or be, just because we like being around each other yeah. um, our culture is very like family centered yeah and so to help someone that may be in a new culture moved out culture shock um, 
maybe just you know, like I said, the technology part of it, like you can call yeah, yeah. family I remember when I was there, like Skype had just came out. Yeah. Like I was blown away at the fact that like I could talk to my mom and dad on and see them. Like and that that brought me a lot of comfort. Yeah. Um, and so just little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um once again this is Scott Smoker. Where can people find you? Uh if they wanted to look at your work or, or you maybe um, do you have a Twitter account? I have a website, scottsmoker.com. Uh, it has a lot of my lettering work on there. And then you can find me on most social media platforms, at scottsmoker, one word. Uh, most active on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been episode two. Um, we thank Scott for joining us as a special guest. And we're hoping to do more of these in the future.